Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, back in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, boys, good to have the three of us back, and it's good to be talking about Live in Louisville. Pipe, there's a lot of buzz surrounding this event. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, we are beginning to make uh, kind of final plans for that event. Uh, we sold a lot of tickets. We have a lot more to sell. Uh, so if you haven't gotten your Live in Louisville ticket, visit happyramppodcast.com. Click on events and uh, and get your tickets. It's going to be a fun night, boys. We're going to have some Ligaris Roasters stuff there. Uh, we're going to have some stuff from a corporate sponsor, Pipe, uh, a book publisher. So David C. Cook has come on board. Uh, I think we have room for one more corporate sponsor, but they're going to have some stuff to give away. Um, the three of us are going to have uh, books that we've written there uh, to sell and give away as well. So uh, the event is shaping up, boys, and uh, I, for one, am looking forward to it. Um, also, as always, Ligaris Roasters Coffee. If you haven't uh, purchased a bag or two of that, uh, visit again, happyrantpodcast.com and get yourself some Ligaris Roasters Happy Rant Signature Blend because it is amazing. Uh, boys, we have some, uh, some heavy stuff to cover, man. And uh, I want to dive right into this. Uh, Pipe, you suggested that we talk about Charlottesville and the tragedy that happened there. Uh, this is a little bit... Outside the realm of normal for us in the happy rant, we like to keep it ha-ha. But I, I want to talk about this, and I want to do it by throwing out um, just a first question to you guys. I'd love for you guys to riff on this. Um, my question is this. Is there a satisfying white Christian response to this thing at all? Because I feel like the easy thing for us to do would be get on here and rip white Christians who are the least cool people on the planet. Um but I feel like people have already done that. So um, I, I guess I'm just curious as to what a satisfying response to this would would be. And Pipe, maybe you can uh, you can you could go first on this one. Yeah, that's I, I think the short answer is no, uh, that there's not <laughs> there's probably not a response that's satisfying. But I uh -huh. think there are responses that are better than other responses. Um, you know, <clears throat> I think that the most telling response is a lack of response, uh, which which echoes very loudly in a context like this. Uh -huh. um, although I was encouraged just following social media to see a number, the number of people who reported that their pastors, so primarily white churches, white pastors who, who addressed it publicly uh, on the Sunday morning following, which yeah. I thought was, I, I thought that was wonderful. Not something you see a lot, especially when there's, when it comes to uh, either racial or political things, this is a little bit of both. Um, or a lot of bit of both. Mm -hmm. So that was encouraging to see. I think um, the one response that, that I have been really frustrated with, other than silence, is from our camp, the more reformed camp, talking, people who give a very theological response. You know, this is anti-gospel, that kind of thing. I'm just kind of like, yes, and? Mm -hmm. You know, like that, at the risk of sounding heretical, so What? is my response to that. That's, yeah. that is the most comfortable response. You know, it's it, because it doesn't, it doesn't resolve anything. It, it doesn't, it doesn't help for having responded without having right. really said anything. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it, and it, and it proves your cred that like you can stack up a, a biblical view of the image of God and someone and a need for redemption and these kinds of things. But, but it accomplishes nothing because 
it doesn't really help. I realize that not all of us can be in Charlottesville to help that situation, but it doesn't, it doesn't engage people in relationship. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't overcome any prejudices. It doesn't really do anything. Um, if that response is aimed at people who claim to be Christians and think it's fine that there are Nazis and white supremacists hurting people and killing people, then okay. Then yeah, you, you might be trying to, to create a dividing line there, but that response has been dissatisfying to me. I think that the satisfying response is is one of I think outrage and but not but not like out of control outrage like the people flipping the bird to the uh, fallen Confederate statues and stuff like that. But like pained outrage and empathetic outrage. I think mm-hmm. listening, humility, uh, and and if you're in a context to do so, engaging minority friends, coworkers, whoever they are in conversation to hear what they have to say, because, because they are the ones who, who feel most threatened by this and, and are kind of most on the spot as a white person, this affects me, but it doesn't really threaten me in the same overt way. So they are the ones I ought to be engaging with. So I think that response would be the most satisfying. Big R, what does this look like in Ashland, man? I mean, you're in a a predominantly white community. Um, Yeah. Are people like talking about this? What does it look like at your church? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think what Pipe said is well said. I think there's a lot of confusion over um, what to say, how to say it. I think I think people in our camp feel at least a responsibility to speak and not be silent. So I'm okay with that. You know, say something. Don't just be the guy that's that's sort of pulled back in the corner and, and afraid to you know open your mouth. So I think saying something if it's if it's right, if it, if it has some dignity attached to it and it has some very, you know, clear communication about, you know, what your thoughts are on this particular form of, you know, white supremacy, racism, white nationalism. I mean, I think, I think those things are are good to bring up for me. Um, it looked like, uh, it looked like praying for, uh, the situation in Charlottesville being pretty clear on our stance behind it, using words that people would have been uncomfortable with in the context of a prayer, like using words like white supremacy and, um, and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, this is a weird town, right? So you're, you're not going to have a lot of people engaging with one another over this. So just to bring it up, you know, in the context of a church service, I think was, was important. And then another Mm -hmm. church up the road, uh, held a uh, prayer vigil that I, I went out to last night and um, and so I, I think, yeah, given the uniqueness of being in a 98 percent Caucasian town in, in you know, middle Ohio, um, yeah. you know, people feel like kind of like Pipe said, people feel largely unaffected by this. So I think it's easy for us just to kind of slough it off and pretend that, you know, it's life as usual. And I mean, in a lot of ways, it is in in a town like this. But it doesn't mean that there isn't underlying things that this creates the opportunity to allow, uh, you know, exposure in our own hearts with. And I so I think, you know, I I don't think there's a one size fits all response from anybody. I think you just got to take the context you're in and do your best with it. And I think, uh, you know, engaging with, uh, you know, engaging with other African-Americans or, or, you know, is always a great idea. And it's always a way for us to to actually have a a, a deeper level of understanding. So pipe, let me, let me throw a question at you, man. And I I truly don't know the answer to this. This is not like a rhetorical question at all. So I, I help coach football at a, at an HBCU at a black college uh, here in Jackson. And um, so I've, I've been with black guys like every day for the last week. And 
and coaches. And um, for us as a as a team, um, as friends, as people, it's just been kind of business as usual on the field. And, you know, the number of people that have brought up Charlottesville to me has been zero. Um, and, and I've not brought it up to them either. Um, you know, when we talk, we talk about football and their classes coming up and, you know, what girls they like and what movies they've seen. And it's, it's kind of the usual stuff of relationship, which, um, is a lot of fun, honestly. And I I love coaching there for that reason. I like to be in relationships with, with football players. So Mm -hmm. the, the, my question to you is, should I be bringing it up? Um, or do we let football just kind of be a balm and a safe place for all of us to hang out and be friends and, and kind of not have to worry about it? Um, I, I don't know. What do, what do you think? How, how would you advise someone in my situation to approach it? The experiences that I've had um, growing up in a pretty diverse context and playing sports with, uh, with people of a variety of different races and backgrounds taught me that bringing things up was almost always better than remaining silent on it. Mm. Um, especially bringing it up in, in a, in a kind of a humble questioning way or mm. a, a way that asks them kind of how they're doing with it. So, mm. you know, in the, cause you're in a context of a team, which means that, um, there's a level of trust already created. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's what you're talking about is a next level kind of pushing into something. But, but I think, I think it would be good. And if, I mean, you don't have to press the conversation like it's an interview. So tell me about this and how do you feel about this? And, mm-hmm. but just, I mean, something as simple as if, you know, if it's a, you know, you're on a bus ride or there's a context where it's more conversational, just to say, to open it up with it, sort of a, how are you guys doing with all this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and see if things come up and maybe they don't feel comfortable. But my guess is that if you opened it up with a, how are you guys doing with this? Or what do you guys think about this? Um, it's probably going to open more doors than anything. And it's hard to imagine it in that context being harmful because, because you're not, you're not threatening them. You're not coming at them with any sort of, you know, you're not taking a side. And if any side, if any side, you're taking their side. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, I had the same opportunity because I was at a conference in Portland, uh, not home of a huge number of minorities, but it was a, it was a, the speaker lineup was really diverse. Uh, mm-hmm. It was one that was put on by Humble Beast. And so it's, there was artists and poets and a handful of us who were neither artists nor poets. Um, and so I was in the green room with a variety of, of artists and like hip hop artists, rappers, poets, and just being able to have conversations as these events were unfolding was profoundly helpful to me because I could ask honest questions and I could, I could sit back and listen to them talk about how this is both a terribly unsurprising thing, but then also see the pain and the anger. And in that context, there was not fear. I didn't see because it was a pretty safe place, but but out of anger and pain come fear or those come out of fear because they this is not this is not the the first that people have experienced something like this from the African-American community. So for me just to be able to listen and it was a very natural conversation to to engage in. And so I would say in the context you're in, bring it up. I think it'd be good. Yeah, I mean, every time I've ever had a more substantive conversation with my guys there, it's it's always been good. Um, I just don't want to, I don't want to ever feel like I'm, 
I'm using football as a as a means to push an agenda of any kind. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think part of what works so well about it is the uh, just the kind of field leveling mm-hmm. aspect of you know all of us being in the in, in the same boat together. You know, we're all kind of pushing in the same direction right. as a part of a team. Um, but I, and I think that's that's why if you ask kind of what are they thinking about it or or how are they doing with it or how does it you know how does it how does it affect them you're talking yeah. about as 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 person to person not you're not dragging issues into the locker room you're talking about something that may be weighing really heavy on them or they may be really upset about it may you know if somebody's head isn't in the game that's the yeah. kind of thing that can pull somebody's head out of a game maybe they have a cousin who lives in Charlottesville who knows True. I mean this is this hits really close to home for people. True, true. Let me let me ask one more question on this, and you guys can both speak to this more than me because I'm I'm not on social media. Has there been ha, have any of kind of the the celebs in our genre, as it were, has anybody said anything really good or really insightful about it in the in the wake of it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think a couple of our celebrity A listers, in my opinion, I mean, pipe, you might disagree. Um, you know, I I always appreciate. You know, Russell Moore is a guy that always just comes out and just hits like really heavy into it, calls it out for what it is. It's kind of shocky in the language that he uses is on CNN. So he has the massive platform. And then, of course, you got uh, you got Timmy Kay, who uh, I retweeted an article that he wrote for TGC. And uh, again, just I mean, he just leads out with really good things, but he's real concise and to the point and just he always gives good reminders for how I mean, at least maybe as pastors, we can lead into some of these things. So those were the two that uh, stuck out for me. But I saw I saw a video clip of Matt Chandler uh, in his Sunday morning sermon addressing it as well. And and the thing that that Moore and Chandler both did is they 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 pointed out the the satanic or demonic mm-hmm. element of this kind of hatred. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean you, you you said it was shocky language. I mean Russell Moore did this in an interview on CNN yeah. and then he got he got tweeted back at by the satanic church saying we don't <laughs> like white supremacy either. And so that was that was a strange confluence of events. That's amazing. Um, I didn't know that happened. Yeah. That's absolutely well, he, incredible. Yeah, so he screenshotted their response and posted it again. So it was it was a, it was a funny little wow. funny little spiral. Bruce Ashford, who's one of the higher ups at Southeastern Seminary, put out an article that it actually I think it went at foxnews.com and I saw the title of it and I was like, "Really, we need that?" because it was something like why conservative Christians should stand against white supremacy. And I was like, it's sad that that needs to be written. And then I realized, oh, it's going up on Fox News. He knows his audience. Mm. And so and Bruce is Bruce is a really uh, thoughtful person when it comes to Christians and culture and content in, engaging contentious issues and things like that. So, yeah, there have been some really good responses. There's also been, I think, a more vocal response uh, just on social media from kind of across the spectrum, aside from those people who are maybe a little too close to the president. Um, they have not said as much, although even, even they have said a few things. Hmm. Big R, what was, what was like in a nutshell, Russ Moore's response to it? Like what kinds of things, you know, what was he putting out there about it? Um, I just remember some of the headline, you know, he, it's kind of like what Pipe just said, you know, he's kind of, you know, calling it, um, you know, calling the, you know, uh, white supremacy, comparing it with uh, Satanism and, you know, I mean, more is just, you know, he, he's a guy that's getting, you know, 
23 seconds on CNN to make a statement. Right, right. So it's, it's just, it's just, it's more of like a, it's more of a very much a condensed statement. He gets the gospel in there by saying, this is, you know, essentially everything that, you know, the gospel of Jesus stands against. And so he's, he's basically saying, Hey, just so you know, um, there are conservative Christians out there that are vehemently opposed to mm-hmm. this. And I think that's his, that's his platform for that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Boys, I want to I want to change gears here pretty drastically, and uh, I want to I want to drop a, a little story on you guys as a as a means of setting this up. So, um, and please do stop me if I've told this story in the show before. I'm I'm kind of co-hosting two podcasts, and I I don't remember what I've said on on what podcast or what story I've just told in real life. But recently, we were uh, we were vacationing in Northern Michigan, and we were in a car with someone, and we were driving through uh, one of these little dumb tourist towns, South Haven, Grand Haven. I don't know. They're all the same. You can buy a little, you know, sweatshirt that says Michigan and it's, you know, $55 and it's pastel colored. One of those towns. And as a general rule, if it has a Haven in the name, things are overpriced and sticky. Things are overpriced and sticky. Exactly. It's that kind of town. So we're driving through this town and it's kind of crowded. And the guy who I was with said, you know, we were driving through here the other night and it was just so crowded like this. And I just prayed that the Lord would provide a parking spot. And then one opened up and he goes, you know, it was just a God thing. And I responded in the way that I normally respond to things like that, which is awkward, stony silence. Um, (laughs) Because I hate stuff like that. Uh, Because I feel like it, it, it trivializes it, to me, it just trivializes God. And I feel like, yeah, I, I, I just I just hate it is all. And um, but pe- people use this phrase, it's a God thing all the time. And I don't know what to make of it. Ron, you're our, our resident man of the cloth uh, theologian. What, what do you make of this phrase, it's a God thing? Dude, it, it literally, it is in my top three, like least least accepted phrases that are in existence <laughs> on this planet. I'd like to know the other two. Because yeah, we'll, I, talk, we'll talk about the other two on another podcast. All right. Up. No, but I, I mean, I, I absolutely, and again, maybe I'm just being, maybe I'm just being a little too literal with this phrase, but I absolutely hate it. I remember when I came on staff, I was on staff at a bigger church back in the day. And I remember when I first came on staff and I, and I came right in and the first thing I did was I went on a staff retreat. Cause that's just the time I, I came in on staff with this church and, um, dude, I'm telling you, they used this phrase like every other phrase. And I was sitting there just literally boiling over thinking, I don't know how to do, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but it's just, you know, from our standpoint, it's like, it, it's like, it's just absurd, right? To call something a God thing is just to say that what every other thing that happens isn't like, there's just specific things. And again, I know we're being all super reformed and, and, you know, sovereignty and all that stuff. But to me, it, it absolutely does what you just say it's it's basically saying god worked here but but over here and all these other things that that are a little more feel a little more insignificant he just didn't quite have his hand on these things like he did over here i mean it really at the end of the day and not to nerd out and you know i'm the least nerd out guy i know and in in a lot of ways but i i mean i mean dude it's it's like theologically it's like it's it's bad theology you know, at the end of the day, or it's just—it's kind of no theology and no theology. That's it's like, theology. It's like I, I can't really articulate why this was of significance, so I'm just slapping this label on it. 
Yeah. I yeah. mean, to say, yeah. to use the phrase, I mean, here's the thing. So, you know, to, to hear, to, let's just say you're in a group and you got some dude that doesn't know Jesus and to, you know, to, to hear that phrase being, you know, being just like thrown around the room, you know, oh, it was a God thing. I mean, I'm always trying to figure out like what, like how he might think of something like that. You know what I mean? Dude, it's like all, it was it's like, all, it's always in the context of something stupid too. Like, a parking space for like a, a deal that you've got. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard people use it in the context of something really significant. You know, where I I used to work with a guy who uh, who I think he um, I don't know if his nephew or somebody was had been going through a really hard time involving drugs and depression and and started the long road out of that. And he would regularly talk about how good things were happening, how it was just such a god thing. And even that bothered me because I'm like. God deserves more credit than that being called a God thing. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. there, there's, yeah. there's something more profound than God thing going on. Plus every time I hear that, all I can think of is DC talk song, new thing. Oh, dude. And, uh, which doesn't add anything to it for me. It just sounds like really, it just sounds like another poor, you know, very, very un well thought out like phrase that Christians adopt without any thinking behind it. You know what I mean? To me, it's just, embar- it's just embarrassing. It's just it's an like embarrassing blessed. phrase. Yeah. It's like hashtag blessed, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's so inane is what it is. And um, you know, okay. So here's a weird one. So maybe you guys can help me out with this. I don't think, and I'm not, I'm not hyperbulling you right now. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I'm simply saying. I've never heard hyperbulling. I like that. Dude, I, I love I'm it. I'm simply saying. Yeah, I'm not hyperbulling you gents right now. I don't think that I ever heard that phrase until I moved to the Midwest. Dude, I'm not Good. kidding. I don't. I literally don't think I ever heard it in California all of my years of of living in ministry there. Nobody ever used that phrase. I came out here. I was just, I've, I've just been inundated with it, man. With the and God. almost thing. moved back after that first. Dude, seriously, I almost moved back. Well, I, I, yeah, I almost moved back for a bunch of other reasons, but that was, had to be been one of the contributing <laughs> factors. But here's the thing. Here's what's so weird, right? You hear it like, and I want to respond to it every time. And mm. I think that I've only in like seven years, I've only actually, because you're, you're going to sound snarky and I've yeah, only yeah. responded to it like one time. And it was with, a person that I felt like, oh no, I can say this to him and he's not going to be offended. He's going to get what I'm saying. And just to tell him to please never say that again, like ever, you know, it was like one of those things. But um, I don't even know how to respond to it because you're going to sound, you're just going to sound like inadvertently snarky if you try to go after it, you know? Or, or advertently snarky as, as the case may be. I think, <laughs> I, but yeah, you sound, you sound very judgy. If you were like, what do you mean by that? Or- right. You know, any anything you say in response to that, like either yes, it was or no, it wasn't or what do you mean by that or everything is or whatever. It all sounds like you're correcting them, which you are. So that that actually makes sense. Dude, I'm just going to write an article on it. I've just, let me write that down right now. I'm just going to I'm literally just going to write. An I think you should preach it. a sermon called it's, a God thing. It's not a God thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you should write yeah. a piece for GECO called how to think about the phrase a God thing. Dude, I think I am. I'm literally writing that down <laughs> how, to remember. How Christians right. should think about God things. Oh my gosh. I mean, there has to be better articles to write right many, now than articles on points, God things. How many points does that article need? Like nine. 11? Four, uh, nine. Okay. I mean, well, if, if I'm Joe Carter, if I'm at Joe Carter, I'm going to throw out nine points, you know, but I'm usually good with three to five. So I'll try to squeeze three well, points. Well, you're never getting on the Gospel Coalition with that few of points unless yeah, each one is like 700 <laughs> words. Yeah, Dude, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll make every point like an article. 
That's only a 20 minute sermon, man, which makes you barely even a Christian. So, oh man, I know that doesn't good good thing. God did a thing in your life. Oh my God. I think maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, just talking to you boys about this, I'm thinking maybe that's what we should title. That should be the subtitle of live in Louisville is it's a God thing. Oh, but wow. dude, it's a God. I'm gonna open. I might open up with, dude. It's a God thing that we're even here, fellas. Like I might dude, just do, do that. You know, Baby, I you know what we gotta I do. Have an issue with refunds, that. but that would make me. We've got to have missional wear design a very '90s looking T-shirt <laughs> with the phrase "It's a God thing" on it, and and we can sell that. So missional wear. We are gonna pimp missional wear in the uh, in the intro. I forgot. So uh, apologies to all the all the good people over at Missional Wear. But uh, if you haven't done so already, go to missionalwear.com, get some Happy Rant swag. But uh, I would love a, a very 90s-themed T-shirt because I feel like this is a 90s phrase. You know what I mean? Is it really? Yeah, you guys would know that. I wouldn't even know that. So, yeah. It's one it's of those church camp things it's, from the 90s. It's timeless. It's just timeless. It's, it has been a... It has been a a phrase used to flog the meaning out of a conversation for decades. Well, dude, I mean, it's one of those, like, you don't want to get, you don't want to go too hard on people that use it. It's one of those things that people use it. They don't even think about it. What they're really trying to say is that, man, this is an amazing thing where we really saw God work and it was very tangible. Like a I mean, parking space. Right, like a parking space. Well, let me ask you this. Like, Pipe, get out of you, here. have you ever heard, Pipe, have you ever heard your pops, like, use this phrase? <laughs> No, I don't even think I've heard my dad like make fun of this phrase. Like it's not, it's it's so far below his radar in terms of meaningfulness. I mean, it's just like saying yada yada yada. He just like it's just not a thing that that means anything in his world. Yeah, I just wondered if he was ever if he ever like slipped and just threw it out there on that. Like, like in the way man. in the way that you That's slip all the time and cuss pipe. Like I'm wondering if yeah. you slipped and accidentally oh, said that. Oh, I'm, I didn't. I'm glad you. I'm glad you give me credit for slipping <laughs> in, in those instances. Um, I'm trying to let you off the hook here, man. Good. Yeah, it was. It was all that was, an like, that was a God thing for you from me. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a real God moment. Um, that reminds me of my no, Chico piece. How are we to think slip. about yada yada yada? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the uh, that can be the appendix to your article because it will be long enough to be a book. That's well, right. dude, I've heard. I'm okay. Let me ask you guys this then. Let's. I mean, just think. Obviously, not your pops, but like, I've heard. In fact, it was recent, man. And if I remember, I promise I will say who it is. But I literally can't remember. But I heard like what I would consider to be like a reputable would never say God thing thing say God thing. And I was like, wait, what? Like, dude, why did you say that? Dude, like and I can't remember who it was. Like a like a yeah, like, like right like 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 baby like if Timmy K came in like and just said you know it was a, it was a God thing you know what I mean like you would just kind of go wait what all right let me let me pose it to you this way of the reform celebrities that we reference often on this program which of them do you think would be the most likely to use the phrase it's a God thing oh my gosh I mean most okay to so one. yeah. I think, dude. I think, given his context, man. I mean, this is gonna make this is gonna give me some hate mail, man. Because I, I do love the guy. I know. But you're honestly, say, I, love I, I feel like I feel like Maddie Chan would throw out. I was just gonna say Maddie Chan. He's down there. I in for sure would say Maddie Chan. Yeah, dude. All the affluent, like pastel shirt wearing people that that probably say things like it's a god thing. I, I agree, dude. Maddie- I'm not kidding. Maybe it was. I'm not. I'm not just throwing. I could be totally wrong. So let me let me let me do my my double check here. But but like it's it may have been. This. Yeah, I'm trigger warning. I'm I'm t dubbing this thing. But it maybe it was Maddie Chan that I heard say that. 
like on, on some kind of a thing on some clip or something. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? We're done now. You know? Interesting. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was told by somebody that using uh, like actual theological words flies over the heads of uh, many a Dallas suburbanite. And the so he's trying to thousand people in his congregation trying to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, so to speak. Yeah, where, and I mean, you know, Maddie's good at that without, not, without, you know, he's still pretty deep, but, you know, he's good yeah. at that. He's good at keeping it, keeping it lo-fi on the lo-fi tip. You know, Maybe we can way, to, way to turn it positive on Maddie Chan again, though. I mean, right. Yep. Well, you, you, gotta, you, you can't, you can't lose your reformed card. You can only exactly. make fun of him so much. I mean, yeah, as soon as as soon as Maddie Chan gets tired of at Jared Wilson ghostwriting his books, I mean, I, you know, I'm hoping to get that phone call. It's I mean, not ghostwriting. There's a name on the cover. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Have Maddie Chan and at Jared Wilson done a book together? Yeah, they've done like a bunch. I don't think Maddie Chan writes. I don't think he writes. It's it's always Matt Chandler with Jared C. Wilson. So Jared is like the the guy who takes the raw materials of sermons and the like and and turns them into to book form. So it's Matt's content. Jared does the the craftsman work. But Matt is Matt is cool about. I wish I was probably. Well, and at Jared C would be really good at doing that too. By the way, so. Yeah. But I always, I always thought it was cool because nice. Matt doesn't claim that work. He puts Jared's name on the cover. Yeah, I know. Ghostwriting was the wrong phrase to, to do it. It was just funnier to say at ghostwriting. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. That'll actually piss Jared off, which I is know. even funny. Hey, at Jared, when you listen to this app and you are going to be listening to this app, you know that was just a that was just a Falks Palks, and uh, I, I didn't mean that at all. So, so does at carry, Jared on, see- carry on. Carry on. Does at Jared C ghostwrite at Maddie Chan's Twitter updates? Oh, dude. Well, now that just, that just, you just open a whole new can of worms. Absolutely. Controversy. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't care. You know, one of these days, you know what? One of these days when I, when I, when I miss, when I, when I miss an episode of, uh, of Happy Rant and the, the entire podcasting world mourns for a week, um, you guys should bring, uh, you guys should bring at Jared C on as a, as a special, Special co-host, and let's get some let's get some skinny on that stuff. Let's now, do that. Maybe that wouldn't threaten you to have Ad Jared C filling your your chair. I mean, would you would you feel a sense of like what if he crushes it? What if he what if the audience loves Ad Jared C Wilson? I mean, dude, I, I literally I literally couldn't be less threatened or more confident. So yeah, you guys do whatever you well, need. Especially to do not after the outpouring of support you got after last week's episode, where <laughs> Ted and I. Yeah, T- Ted and I mentioned that you had been glum. You might be reconsidering your commitment to this podcast. And goodness, it almost made me feel bad because I was like, man, everybody loves Ronnie more than me now. But but I'm OK. I, I was mostly thankful that our listeners showed such uh, overt support to the waffling Ronald J. Martin. Boys, mm-hmm. let me just say this. If after the podcast, we need to do a little one on one, you know, counseling sesh, you know, I'm available for that. You guys know I'm here for you. You know, I'm here Maybe for you, were you right? considering quitting the podcast last week? Scale of one to ten. Ten being you were ready to like write the resignation letter, and one being absolutely not. How how close were you to quitting the podcast? Baby, you know what? That's a great question because I feel like every week I'm at about an eight and a half. And uh, oh, really? maybe, I, maybe I did hit about a nine that week. I, I don't know. I, I didn't feel as glum as you guys made made me out to sound. But uh Dude, really, yeah, you're that for- close on a week to week basis to quitting the podcast. That might be an exaggeration. I think I'm more of like a, an eight. <laughs> wow. So, you know, pipe? I mean, respond to uh, that. Pipe. I, I, I feel like I feel like Ronnie's living up to the uh, the pastor's reputation where like 
you know, every pastor thinks about quitting the ministry on Mondays. That's just mm-hmm. like running the podcast every week. Every week he's like, oh, this is the worst. And then he records and he's like, it's not so bad. And then we get some money from a sponsor and he's like, all right, I'll keep doing this. Yeah. And, and you know, we find, we find ways to keep him going. You know, because he I puts his heart that. into it. Yeah. I mean, he's a tortured artist right. about this craft of podcasting. You know, it is, man. It's well, guys. I think it's just. I think the prep has gotten out of hand. I think it's just the level a, of time that we put yeah. into this now has become a bear. Can we? Can Can you just talk a little bit about that, Big T, to, to our audience? I mean, this is not. We don't just show up and do this. That's the problem. We used we to back in the good, back in the good days. You know, exactly. I mean, it's the it's the rehearsals. It's the studio time. It's the the pre production meetings. Uh, there's do, a do lot. Do they know how many how many flights? I mean, do they know how many flights we've had this week just to get this thing going? I mean, do they know what it, what what it entails? You know, they don't. I mean, it's and a it's a god what? thing that I'm even on this podcast right it's now. It's a huge god <laughs> thing that you're that you're here and that you're still with us and that you're still engaged in this. And um, I, for one, hope that the kind of workload, the kind of demands that we put on you, doesn't burn you out um, because it, it would it would most people, to be honest. Baby, that means a lot. That means a lot coming from you, and uh, I'm going to hold that. That's what's going to keep me going over the over the winter and, and, and autumn months ahead. Well, I'm baby, you, you know what's right you know what this obviously brings to the forefront for me is where you're at vis a vis the whole concept of self care. Okay, so self care is a uh, a phrase that I don't know how old it is or new it is, uh, but I feel like it's a thing that I'm I'm seeing periodically, um, and, it, and, it, and it pertains to the idea that uh, that people need to care for themselves. And uh, I'm not going to make the joke that I made in the pre-production meeting because that's for you guys. Okay, <laughs> that's not for the whole audience. Um, of course. But I want to talk. I want to talk about this concept of self care, Big R, because it seems like you you may need some of this. Um, mm. And I, I just want to I want to make sure you're taking the time to care for yourself. Um, in the areas of, of healthy eating, physical fitness mm. and immunity. And if it feels like I'm looking at a list of what comprises self-care on Wikipedia, it's because I am. Uh, mm-hmm. Reducing stress, time transcendental management. Transcendental meditation. Transcendental, thank you, Pipe. Yep, relaxation. <laughs> mindfulness. Okay, I don't know what that is. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what mindfulness is, but it sounds good. Avoiding compassion fatigue. This is huge. Again, I have no uh, idea what avoid, it is. I just avoid compassion and then you can't get fatigued. There you go. Mm. And that, that seems mm. to be a good way to deal with it. Assertiveness and then finally being good to yourself. And uh, I want to ask you, Big R, how are you doing in these areas? This is a little you know, self-care I, uh, accountability right now. This is, I know. And I, I think we need to do a lot more of this. Let me just start out by saying that. I, I don't think this yep. should be the first. I think this should be the first of many times that we do this, even if it's on air, because there's something therapeutic about that. Let's I'm ashamed. I'm, there's some shame that it is the first time we brought it up. Okay. And now you've, you've kind of put me under the microscope. So No, not at all. I'm not trying to do that at all, Big T, but let me just repent yeah. as a man of the cloth to you that we have not, that we have not taken this under consideration until today, you know, I know. because it's I shame. think, I think everything you listed I, uh, I, I feel, uh, I feel aligned with, I feel drawn to, and I feel like, um, I feel like my life since I'm not a millennial mm-hmm. and since I, I, I haven't, since I've been on a plane trying to like do show prep with you guys, what I have not done is spent the last, you know, 24 hours, you know, watching documentaries and engaging in some of the things that you, uh, you just laid out on Wikipedia. And so yeah. I, I think what this reminds me of is that there are things, uh, relating to, uh, to, to my own personal health that just aren't being attended to. And uh, I, uh, I, th- I think I'm reaching out to you guys right now. I think that's what's happening right now. 
as I'm reaching out. I'm saying which, which particular areas are we most able to uh, <clears throat> to step into, to invest in, to pour <laughs> into your life, to 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 uh, to take better care of you, Ronnie? Where can we help you with self care? I think uh, I think compassion fatigue. I really th- I really think that one hit the nail on the head. I mean, you I think when I, I think. <laughs> You know, when you think of us, you think of compassion fatigue. That, that's the one that really, really surfaced some things in my in my heart. So mm. uh, yeah, I think that's good. That, that's a major one for me. Uh, moving moving forward for sure. You know, wow. compassion fatigue. But you know, on a serious note, man, if we can bring this back to a serious tip, um, yeah, I think it's a. It feels very. It feels very twenty something to me. You know, twenty whatever year we're in right now. It feels very like kind of kind of like you know one of these things we're going to look back on in ten years and go, that's amazing. They made a thing out of that. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if you look at the current generation. And even though they can be as about as self involved as a person can be self involved, I think just thinking of having that those kind of spaces and margins built into your life, um, which is something that previous generations, uh, you know, have not been great at. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a God thing. <laughs> Very good. That, that maybe way to bring it back around. I mean, That's right. just yeah. weaving this thing together. That was masterfully it together. Done. It's, it's a tapestry. Every, uh, every episode is, is just a conversational tapestry pipe. Where are you at with self-care? Does, does this sound, let me, let me ask you, ask it to you this way. Um, because I, Ron, listen, everything you said is valid, okay? And I'm agreeing with all of it. However, I want to pose the question to Pipe. Does any of this sound stupid and self-indulgent to you? Just to be the devil's advocate a little bit. <laughs> I mean... The devil's since, ad. Since the, you posed the, the question that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you list all of these things individually and it's like, I don't really know what mindfulness is either, but it's basically taking good care of yourself, as Ronnie said, creating margin. That all sounds very healthy and mature to me. However, when I see how self-care is used often and the excuse that it uh, creates for being self-indulgent and whiny and uh, (laughs) disconnected and generally insufferable as a person. How did we think Pipe was going to go down this path? I mean, yeah. that the phrase has become an excuse to care about yourself uh, more than anyone else. Yeah. And so if I need to take time for self-care, it means I do not need to invest time in somebody else or in something else. And that's a massive difference than my life needs a little bit of margin for the sake of rest and for the sake of peace and for the sake of, you know, being healthy, physically, mentally, spiritually healthy. And I think that's the problem. It's, it's a little bit like when self-esteem was a thing. You know, mm. the idea of self-esteem has some really good elements too, you know, in terms of it's, it's not a good thing to hate yourself. However, when you're basing all of your decisions on, um, on your, your kind of pointed inwards, you become a self-indulgent jerk. And I think self-care runs the same risk. So in all of these efforts to be healthy, you're only thinking about yourself, which is inherently unhealthy. Hmm. Well that's good. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, as you know what I'm struggling with right now, um, that was such good wisdom for, from Pipe. I feel like typically we close this program with some banter and with some ha-ha. Um, but I, I don't know if I have a good, like, ha-ha response to that. You know what I'm saying? Other than now you're just, you're afraid to, in, in, you know, you're afraid to apply any self-care on yourself now. Big no, be, that's, be healthy. 
just don't be self-indulgent. I mean, don't you think that's a nat? I mean, to say that we need to employ self-care is like, like don't people naturally do that in a sense? In a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's there's a reason why we're told to love others as we love ourselves because our first and yes. foremost instinct as a human is to take care of ourselves. Now, we're not always very good in how we go about it, and I think that's the point of self-care is do it better. But yeah, our first instinct is always, you know, put number one first. Yeah. So I, I don't think we need any more help doing that. Yeah, we need help care, not self-care. We need, yeah, we need, uh, we need to not worry so much about compassion fatigue and maybe actually be compassionate. A little sermon to myself. Or maybe just actually work a little so that we experience this thing called fatigue. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's really, well, it's really tiring when you spend all day on social media and don't have you know, actual productive jobs. I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the program and I'm going to go care for myself a little bit. Okay. What I'm are you going to do, Big T? Can you lay that out? What are you going to do? Tell us what you got I, planned. I actually have a meeting in like 10 minutes, so I'm not going to go care for myself. I'm gonna <laughs> oh, go that's not self-care. Dude, that's You're the opposite of self-care. Oh, yeah, I knew it was, you need I'm, to recover from that with self-care. And I tell you, I feel convicted. And, and I may leave the meeting early and just say that I need a little, a little self-care time. So um, that may be how that looks. But uh, Well, you know what? We can help you with that. We can help you with that. When I fly out next week for pre-show prep, we'll, we'll deal with that. We'll talk about that. You know, maybe a little lighter rehearsal sketch next week. I don't know. I'm just saying. That might that might be helpful to me. So that might that that maybe is where my head's at. But uh, nevertheless, boys, uh, no, we have not. wandered. We have wandered to and fro. Um, we've done it in a way that's helpful, and and hopefully the two of you feel cared for by uh, by what we've done here, and hopefully the audience feels cared for. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.